Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL season, it's in its final leg. And look, you couldn't be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the pod. I have a very special guest here today. Very thankful to have him on i'm a former fanboy from his hits on chicago tribune live but now he is a sideline reporter for the chicago bears for 670 to score it's mark grody how are you today i'm doing well joey yeah not so many tv hits these days because that show is no longer on the air so that's why i am without makeup right now oh and uh you know a little bit of the the growth here so i'm, I'm in i'm in pure radio form right now which is we're probably see- good. Yeah, we're seeing each other in our pure selves. Uh, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing a stripped down, vulnerable interview today. <laughs> but yeah. super happy to have you on. I want to learn just more about your career and a little bit about, you know, let's get your perspectives from Chicago sports. But first, I love asking guests this question. I'm wondering if you can maybe just sort of take us back to your days. You're an Illinois State grad. And, man, I would just love to hear you just maybe tell the story about, you know, was there that ever that moment when, you know, maybe you're doing a radio show, you're covering a game when it sort of hit you, hey, you know, this is it for me, sports journalism. This is what I love to do. This is my passion. This can be my career. And maybe just walk us through the journey of, uh, you know, what brought you to 670, the score. This could go on for a half an hour alone here, but I'll, I will do my best for your sake and for your audiences to condense this as best I can. I think I'm one of those people who was lucky to know what he wanted to do as early as high school. And there was really nothing else on my mind. I mean, I had a couple of backup ideas, but really not. I mean, I, and when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to be in sports broadcasting in some way, shape or form, you know, maybe hosting a show, maybe doing play by play, whatever, wherever it might take me. And that's, that's all I focus on with Illinois state. As you said, I was a broadcasting major and in my mind, like one thing about me is that in my brain, for better or for worse, I assumed I was going to make it in this business, which takes like some serious attitude and confidence in yourself. I never thought that I would, like I assumed that I would be in working in a big market in radio or TV someday, which sounds cocky, but it was the attitude that I had to have in my brain. Like I said, I had some other ideas of what I might do in my life. I had no other other ideas. I had no other plan. <laughs> it was, man, I, I always said that. I said, you know what? I'm either going to be in sports broadcasting in some way, or I will be on the streets. And like, I, I'm half kidding because I, uh, because I don't think my family would, would allow for that. Like they would probably swoop me up off the streets and put me in a basement somewhere. But I honestly said it is this or it is straight up bust. And that's the attitude I took in college. And then, you know, my first job out of college was working in Peoria, Illinois. And that, that might have been the moment where I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do because I was I got to do some, you know, high school sports coverage then. And just being live on the radio was adrenalizing to me. Um, and and I'll say I'll tell you a real quick story. I mean, I'm going to skip a few steps, but you can fill in blanks with questions if you want. But you know, I worked in, in Peoria, 
I worked in, in Lincoln, Illinois. I worked in Springfield, Illinois, just to kind of cut my teeth in the business. But I do remember while I was going through that adventure of working my way up, I was constantly on the phone with, with Chicago radio stations and television stations. And I remember specifically you asked about the score. And I remember at the time there was a gentleman by the name of Ron Gleason who was programming the radio station. And I was trying to keep in touch with him. I was sending him then my cassette tape and he liked it. He liked me, he, but he said he didn't have anything. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so I would call back maybe once a month just to check in. And every time it was like, no, sorry, buddy, don't have anything. Love you, don't have anything. And then one time I called and said, hey, Ron, Mark Grody, just checking back. And he said, uh, he said, actually, I do have something for you. Can you come in um, in three days and do an update shift for us? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, wow. Um, humana, humana, humana. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Um, so that was my, that was my step into the door. And then a lot of things have happened since then in terms of my career at the score and BBM and, you know, doing the Cubs pre and post game through the world series years and traveling with the Cubs and Sox. So that's, that's the best I can condense it, man. I realized I was racing through that, but there's, there's so much involved. Well, yeah. And that's why, that's why I wanted to ask. And first of all, having you on the streets with your perspectives would have been a refreshing change. You know, if I, if, if I walk past you after ask for some change, then you were like, you know, Schwarber shouldn't be the leadoff hitter. I'd be like, Hey, you're right. That's not would you have given me a dollar. That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I would have brought you into the front office too, as well. Yeah. And I want to ask you, so you're talking about this moment where, you know, you're banging on doors, you're putting in the reps, you're doing what you need to do. You get that phone call three days later, you've got to be on the air. Oh yeah. It was, it was crazy because all of it, like the, the paperwork was done on the phone and not to mention I was working at the time. God, where was I? When I was, I was in central Illinois somewhere. So I was, I would have, I had to drive in for the gig. It was a two hour drive. So um, I remember it being a Sunday it was a Sunday afternoon and it's updates twice an hour. And, you know, honestly, I was nervous as hell. I was nervous as hell on the drive. I remember walking into the radio station, not really knowing anybody, not knowing the other on-air people, and just feeling a little bit overmatched, to be honest with you, when I came in. Um, and preparing the updates and just being really nervous. And then when the mic opened, I mean, I had a very tightly scripted thing. You know, I, I, I improvise a lot more nowadays, but for that, for that day, man, I was like, I am going to do everything. Lock it in. Oh, it's going to be tight. It's going to be right. It's going to, I'm going to check it for five. I, hell, I think I scripted a few of those updates before I even got in the car to, to drive to Chicago. I mean, I was like so intense about it. Um, and then I, I can't, I think the first update, yeah, I was nervous in that, that thing where you, you're nervous for your first you know, 30 seconds, and then you start to flow into it a little bit. And then I remember the host at the time, his name was Tommy Williams, and he was interacting with me. So that made it a little bit easier. Like he was having fun with me. So it was, it was a nerve wracking day. And I think I did okay. You know, it was all right. Uh, but you know, you, you know how it is like in this business, I'm sure that you've come across this doing your podcast. It's like, some days, you know, you did really well. And some days you just beat the crap out of yourself for, for how you perform. So I was probably more the latter that day. Cause I was like, this is it. This is my big chance, man. I can't, it's gotta be great. Every time I can't, I can't be nervous. It can't be average. So it was, it was a day filled with mixed emotions, but 
the key is, is that they, they have me back the next weekend. So I was driving up to the score every weekend while doing a full-time job in central Illinois. Well, and you talk about that confidence, but it's those types of emotions surviving them, getting to the other end. So when you get those next challenges in life, you're ready to face them, right? I mean, is that a little bit about you're drawing upon those, that car drive, you know, maybe not today because you're a seasoned professional, but each challenge along the way, you're kind of, hey, this is getting a little bit easier. Still terrified, but maybe just getting a little bit easier as you move along. Oh, absolutely. There's some of the like rudimentary things that I was like, just actually opening up the mic and talking. Like I, I got that out of the way that day. There's things that I got out of the way on, that pre- did prepare me for some of the other big challenges on auditions that I have had since then in my career. And yeah, it all became easier after that day. And I got my voice out there, which was important because, you know, there's other radio stations listening. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that day and that moment prepared me for a lot, no doubt. And you spoke previously about, you know, there's days that you do it. You feel like you make your point across. You feel like it's tight. Maybe you fit in a couple laughs. You feel awesome. There's other days too, where you sort of get off and you're like, what just happened? I feel like Maybe I'm talking myself in circles. So let's talk about the Chicago Bears because uh, I feel like all season <laughs> long, it's just been unfortunately, you know, this, it's, it's been a roller coaster. It certainly has been interesting. It has not been boring. But at the same time, you know, I, I do a preview pod uh, also for the Believe Podcast Network with former Chicago Bear Cameron Lee. You know, how many weeks are we going to bring up establish the run game? You know, how many weeks are we going to talk about the third and short play calling plays? And so I want to ask you, you know, sideline reporter, you're, you're, you're pretty dialed in. Bears win 36-7 to in week 14 against the Texans. Offense looks perhaps plays its best game since Dallas 2019. <laughs> yeah. The defense, people say get respect back on your name. I think they got the GPS out and they found their defense again, played a complete football game. You know, what was your take on that performance? How much are you buying in? You know, what are you buying and selling from that game in week 14? Yeah, it was, as I was saying on, our, on the score the other morning, it was a terrific win. I mean, it really was. They, as you said correctly, and I like the Dallas reference. I hadn't even thought about that. But, yeah, that was their best game. Same know, uniforms, too. They wore the alternates, I believe. So something's going right. on there. Something's 1936, going on there. baby. That's what it's all about. I mean, you know, these, these players, they're historians, man. They know they got to play ball when it's 1936. So, no, I mean, everything clicked in that game. It was a blowout. It was weird to be doing the sidelines that day because – you know, I'm part of the broadcast, and normally there's all these lamenting reports that I'm having to do about, oh, the blank stares, and this day was just like celebrations and backslapping and Matt Nagy getting in guys' faces in a good way. So it was it was terrific to watch. I got nothing bad to say about it. However, you know, the, the, there's a couple parts of this here. Mitchell Trubisky played really well, uh, but you have you do have to look at it and say, is he playing really well right now because there's not a lot to lose the lights are off in that, you know, figurative sense right now. The pressure is off. He's got, he really has nothing to lose at this point. So he's out there flinging it, um, looking good. We'll see how he does against better competition, although there's not a whole lot of better competition left. You know, Minnesota, Jacksonville, and then Green Bay would be the better competition. So I don't know if this is real. I mean, they just had a horrible, horrible six-game losing streak, and it was as bad as it gets. These were not close losses. There was no game in the midst of that the Bears should have won. So for one day, it was great, and it was wonderful, and there's nothing to pick apart. But is this for real? I can't say it is. Yeah, it's important to celebrate the wins, right? But 
as you mentioned with that six game losing streak, we're talking about a mountain of evidence in terms of habits and just, you know, unfortunately, you know, what this football team has failed to execute or live up to expectation this season. And then we get that thin manila folder of evidence last week of, Hey, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been cheering for. This is what we've been wanting to see. Is there enough of that evidence that we saw in week 14 for bears fans to, wrap their head around perhaps getting in the mathematical picture of playing for something. I'm not going to say playoffs, but playing for something in the final couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. And everybody so desperately wanted that tiny little glimmer of hope bears fans while hard on their team, they also are forgiving and everything changed with that one win, you know, everything like we went from talking about, where is Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky going to be next year to re-sign them and hey, hey, bring a let's get Trubisky back for another two year, give him a one year tryout deal with him. It's team friendly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's Bears fans, man. They're going to be hard on you, but you show them something. There is going to be that ray of hope, and that see, not only did the Bears need to win that game against Houston but they needed to do it the way they did it blowout fashion for a couple reasons, just, just to give that hope that we're talking about and to shut up the Deshaun Watson storyline, which is a real storyline, but the bears made Deshaun Watson look bad. And there are reasons for that because Deshaun Watson didn't have a whole lot going for him on his side in terms of his teammates. But there, there are a lot of reasons why that win was important for somewhat of the credit, just for a day, for a snapshot to regain some credibility for the franchise for, you know, those outside peripheral things and for what's really going down on the field. Um, you know, with the players, I give them a ton of credit because they were in this mode throughout the, the last six games, especially after that Detroit loss where it didn't necessarily feel like the bears were going to win another game. Cause that happens to NFL teams. It's just, they're, they're ready for the off season. There is disinterest, there is fatigue, everything that goes into it. And then to come out and have that dominant of a performance, it rejuvenated them as well. And now everything is different going into Minnesota. And I look at that game against Minnesota as kind of a even matchup. I mean, and I'm not just saying that record because they are both six and seven, but they both have the same stakes on the line at this point. And I, I think that that's going to be a pretty damn good game on Sunday. And of all the sports too, I mean, maybe hockey's up there, but you know, when they talk about the game of inches, the cliched game of inches, a football team that lets go of that rope just a little bit, as you just mentioned, you know, they can lose the whole thing. And that's, and you know, you can really, the bottom can fall out. Matt Nagy and the coaching staff and the players definitely deserve credit for, you know, at least bouncing back. It doesn't seem like this is a team that ever really quits. It just seems to have other maybe internal, you know, whatever infrastructural execution type issues to deal with. Absolutely. And I give credit to Matt Nagy on that. I always say that Matt Nagy has a half of this job down really well at a very high level. Matt Nagy is, I can tell you from being around players and coaches every day for two years, and that includes on the road and in hotels and transportation and all that stuff. They dig Matt Nagy. Um, They like him. They, you know, he didn't lose the locker room last year when they had a losing streak and ended up 500. He hasn't, as far as I know, lost the locker room this year during that six game losing streak. And it's harder to tell because we don't get to go into the locker room this year. Everything's on Zoom for us. Um, But it, it, he's got that part down. He galvanizes men. He is a good leader. The part that he doesn't have down yet is the actual 
game day coaching and X's and O's and all of that. I shouldn't say X's and O's, but just calling a game, having command of everything that's going on, the speed of the game, decision-making, all of that, which he could eventually get, no doubt about it. But, you know, to answer your, your real question, your first question, yeah, this team, it does appear, appear at least outwardly, to be sticking together despite the, the the turmoil that they've undergone in the losing streak. That's too bad they didn't let the reporters in there because that new house hall weight room is ready for you, Mark. It's oh, ready yeah, man. Unleash. Oh. oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, no, it's just sitting there. I mean, I'm stuck using all my shoddy equipment around here. So, yeah, they need – I don't know why. I mean, they, my my key card was canceled. I can't operate it anymore out there. What I don't is, know what's yo, what, yeah, what's going on? We're going to have to yeah, get I'll test, together with know, these protocols. On. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think what we're kind of rounding out to, and, and to your point, too, I, I feel like Matt Nagy, we talk about momentum in sports all the time, and sometimes it carries from game to game. I just feel like Matt Nagy at times has had trouble maintaining momentum within a game, which is kind of interesting. They talk about adjustments. We talk about the third quarter. You know, what we, we finally scored three points in the third quarter last week. Hooray. Awesome. Yeah. But it just seems to be something that he's sort of struggled with. And unfortunately, Bears fans, we're so thirsty. We're so thirsty and desperate. We want a winner. So when we see something great one week, we think, why can't it happen every week? And when it doesn't work out that other week or six weeks, for example, since October 18, you know, they want to get everybody out of there. Just want to get your thoughts real quick on Lovey Smith fired by Illinois. Um, some say it's because he had to go up to the North Pole to make presents for all the little boys and girls of the world. <laughs> and others say that he couldn't recruit within the state of Illinois to bring players over to that football program. Just your thoughts on that departure. What do you, and what do you think, perhaps, if you could speculate, what do you think the future is for Lovey Smith? I like the Santa Claus motif. Very good. Very good. Here's what I think about the Lovey Smith thing. I think five years ago when they put this together, it was a great idea. And I think both sides had the, the same idea, or at least let's just say from Illinois' perspective, it was, all right, let's get, let's try this. Let's bring in Lovey Smith, who has the credibility of having been a head coach in the National Football League for two franchises, a successful defensive coordinator before that. So he has a high Q rating, as we say, people know him. So not only that, he is a Bears guy. So that's an obviously well-known, famous franchise. So he just strolls into Champaign, just dripping with credibility. He, he's got that. So they said, let's just give this a try. We know he's a little bit older. We know he's not, you know, a, a recruiting guy. He's been in the NFL forever. Um, let's just try this. And I think Lovey Smith, in turn, thought the same thing, you know, I probably I'm from the NFL. I bet you I could get I could get guys to come to Illinois. I could build a championship defense because I've done this before. I'm Lovey Damn Smith. And that idea I thought was great on paper, but it didn't work. Like just being Lovey Smith did not work out. Like there was there was leg like literal legwork that had to be done by Lovey Smith that from what I understand he was not as aggressive as other more seasoned college coaches in the recruiting game. So a, a capsulizing of this is that I think both sides thought that just being Lovey Smith was going to, you know, not make Illinois into a powerhouse or a top five team, but make it into a winner. And the, the good idea did not work. I put it as simply as that. Now, as far as like who, who they hire, tough I mean the, the name that I'm hearing right now is Brett Bielema um yeah so that's the really? Wisconsin coach so that 
hey, there's a name we know. So I, I, I like the fact that it's recognizable. But beyond that, I haven't really heard any other names. And you, you obviously, Joey, I think you want you want somebody in Illinois who wants to be there, who wants to be there, which is a tough trick these days. I mean, Illinois, a Big Ten school, coaches should it should be destination beyond the the NFL, of course. But it's just it hasn't been that it feels like, and, and no coach that has come in there, no matter who they are, has been able to turn this thing around lately. And with Lovey Smith. I think you're, you're totally right. The X's and O's is there getting in the living rooms and out recruiting Northwestern was probably a different story. And that's probably what they need someone. It would be nice if maybe they went with, I don't know, maybe someone younger or, you know, I don't know, give someone a chance and just see if they can kind of reimagine that whole situation. But in real quick, Lovey Smith, defensive coordinator, getting back involved in the NFL. Yay, nay, maybe, because you know Chicago Bears fans after this season are going to be like, fire Chuck Pagano and bring back Lovey Smith. I guarantee you that will be in the A or B block somewhere along the line. So let's get it out of the way. Do you even think that's plausible? Oh, no, Joey, I take it a step further. I, I was doing a show this morning on the score, and I had a texture call in and say, what about Lovey Smith taking over for Matt yes. Nagy? <laughs> yes. Second yes. go around. Oh, Run yeah. it back. Run oh, and, yeah. and bring Dave Wanstead back too. Let's. Oh, yeah. All yeah. the pieces are in place on the coaching staff. Let's roll. They're all available, baby. They are all. They're all standing by. Well, we can rule that one out. Lovey Smith ain't coming back to the Bears. Um, number two. That's an interesting question about Lovey Smith because you would think that he he could slide right back into a coordinator role in the NFL. He's got to know enough people. There's still a lot of old school guys in the NFL, like Rod Marinelli is still out there running defenses, you know, guys like that. So I'm sure that if Lovey Smith wanted to, and he had the right connection with somebody, which again, I'm sure he does, he probably could. He'd probably have to readjust again to the NFL a little bit in turn. I mean, I like his, his philosophy with offenses seems to be to let the coordinator do it. So I would hope he would keep that because he's way behind in offense and even defense what he likes to do with the cover two. That's a little bit outdated. Some of those ideas, like where teams run cover two sometimes still, but not, not as much and maybe not to the extent that Lovey Smith did, but yeah, I think long winded answer saying, yeah, I think he's still qualified to be a coordinator in the NFL. And going back to that era in Chicago sports and a different sport altogether, you know, you got the opportunity to travel with the 2005 World Series Chicago White Sox. And I'm hoping maybe you can maybe impart upon our Believe in uh, Betting Chicago fans here, maybe a holiday gift and just tell us maybe one story of just your time on the road with that group, perhaps one of the greatest postseason runs of all time and perhaps one of the, you know, one of the best championship Chicago sports teams of all time. I mean, that team, top to bottom, Got it done. I mean, Cleveland came back a little bit and then ripped off one of the best postseason runs in history. Yeah, it's fun to remember. Maybe not fun to remember, but that the Sox just, <laughs> after having such a great year, they just barely squeaked into the postseason because Cleveland decided to make. Are you a Sox fan, by the way? Are you? I was, I was born and raised a, a Sox fan. I grew up on the North Shore area, so a lot of the friends oh. I went to high school with worked the merch stands, and you know, my friends' parents own sluggers. So I'm, I'm, I'm both. I'm a balance of both. But my aunt dated Ron Schuler for a long time in the 90s, so I got oh, tickets okay. to White Sox games, season ticket holder of the year of the World Series. So. Ah, you're connected, man. I love it. I love it. I, I only ask because most everybody always wants to know about the, the Cubs World Series and my travels with them. So this is kind of refreshing, actually, to talk about. The, I like it. I, yes. I appreciate it. I just I just wanted to see where you were coming from. Um, but no, man, that, that was awesome. I love that. So I was working at 
WBBM then. And that was my first foray into, into traveling in sports in general. So that was, you know, I, I traveled to, to obviously Boston with that improbable win in that game with El Duque doing what he did. That's who I think of when I think of the Boston series and obviously, you know, Anaheim and then on to Houston stories wise, I'm trying to think, man, I was pretty um, like, I think the best, the best part was probably <laughs> after they, they clinched the world series and everybody's out on the field and I'm interviewing everybody and everybody wants to talk. Everybody's your friend when you win the world series, I learned. Um, and uh, I don't know if you're a journey fan, but Steve, you remember Steve Perry? Oh course. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He traveled with the team eventually after the the Don't Stop Believing, you know, yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I'm interviewing like Jerry Reinsdorf and Scott Fitzsednick and Joe Creedy and um and then and then Perry comes running up to you. He's like, Hey man, what's going? On? You got that microphone? Oh yeah, let's let's talk, man. I'm like Steve Perry wants me to interview. He doesn't know who the hell I am. He's yeah. just having fun i assume he was drinking and just into i don't know if he was actually ever a Sox fan but he was so into it and so i did like a 15 minute inter like i had to eventually say well steve gotta wrap it up gotta wrap it up because you know there's paul Konerko over there and he you know the grand slam guy i gotta talk to him so <laughs> mark where are you going let's go get ihop what are we doing yeah. i gotta i gotta keep rolling <laughs> bro don't stop believing don't stop believing come on i'm that I'll guy sing. i'll that sing guy. it right now <laughs> come on man we'll go people know me let's go we'll go get babes yeah um so uh, that was probably the most interesting moment that i had had and just kind of getting to know some of the white Sox players and being part of a mob of media that was covering them that was another like next step up in my career i would say like in terms of like going covering something big and getting to travel so it was fun man yeah that's awesome that's like a carnival assembly line you know what i mean it's yeah. like <laughs> we have steve perry next we'll have Minnie minoso and, and coming <laughs> right. up right after that yeah so just quick story about me so i had uh, season tickets that year we get to the playoffs uh me and my dad we had two seats great seats we we went to game one that boston red sox game where what they won 13 to one just romped all over them we sold game two they went to the next round. We sold all the Angels series. We made a killing off of it. We're just raking in the oh cash. Oh, my God. We get to the World Series, and my dad goes, I want to sell the tickets. And we were playing golf, and I, I said to my dad, I was like, Dad, I swear to God, if my grandchild goes up to you one day and says, the White Sox won the World Series in 2005, did you go? And you oh, tell yeah. my grandson that you sold the ticket, I'm, I'm going to murder you. So just live your life now <laughs> and just enjoy yourself. So we went to game one, sold game two for, like, oodles and oodles of money and I, I was able to go to game one it was an unbelievable experience wow so you got to go to world series and you and your dad collected that fu money that's great we had season tickets for the next two years after that wow it was wow. well i'm sorry about what happened in the years after but you know <laughs> hey the world series there you go baby front row seat for javi vasquez baby uh before we get you out of here real quick <laughs> Uh, tell the good people about your podcast, your little side project called Let's Put a List Together. Uh, I got a chance to listen, to listen to the recent episode. Top nine Tom Hanks movies. That's an easy listen. That's an easy one to dive into. Uh, loved your list. Had a couple of pushbacks. But just tell the people about uh, the impetus for it and, and uh, just a little, a little bit about the show. Yeah, so it's a show that has nothing to do with sports. I mean, it can, but it is basically um, a friend of mine, a guy named Brian Mitchell, who's a, who's a voice actor in Minnesota. We just take things, topics about which we are passionate, and he and I go back and forth building a list of our top 9, 10, 11, whatever. Like, we do a lot of music topics, like top 80 songs, bad, you know, 
top rock song, whatever the case may be, game shows, movie topics, like you said, top, you know, Tom Hanks movies. We did sports movies, so it can contain sports, but it's the it is the most rudimentary, simple topic of building a list. Um, I looked it up, Joey, and we're not the first people ever to put lists together on the what? internet. Which, uh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Trademark I like be damned. I, I always say that we are the premier list-making show on on the internet, though. So we've Apple got- Apple Podcasts, let's put a list together. Just dropping that for you. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, you can find it anywhere. Let me put a list together. Um, I usually put a link on my- Instagram. It's on my Instagram right now, I think, the, the latest episode. We haven't done one in a minute just because I got all this bear stuff to do to, so I can actually make a paycheck. So, uh, but yeah, you can find it anywhere you want to find podcasts. And like I said, just look me up and you can find it. Yeah, it's just a great conversation between two guys. It's really funny. And who doesn't love putting a list together? You know, right. you, can't, you can't be at a bar. You can't be having dinner with friends and family this year. You know, when you would be doing the, hey, who's the best and what's this and what's that? So it's a great way to dive into that one. I've always wanted to do a list. So you got wedding songs, right? The wedding songs that you hear that have been playing for 35 years, celebrate on and on and on. You got to come up with 10 wedding songs that came out after the year 2000 that you think 35 years from now will still be relevant. Oh, okay. It's, it's a lot harder than you think. So you've got after like- After 2000. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas, you know, tonight is going to be a good night. That kind of stuff. Oh, What's yeah. going to stand the test of time post 2000 songs at a wedding? Yeah, because like you could think of the pre ones like Twist and Shout and all those oh. silly. I like big butts and things like that. Um, so, but yeah, what's going to stand up? Bruno Mars might hop in there just a little yeah. bit. Black Eyed Peas for sure. Maybe Daft Punk's Get Lucky. But then it kind of gets a little, then you're like, eh, I don't know. This is going to be, is this going to appeal to the 75 year old grandpa on the dance floor? <laughs> In 2045, the same way that celebrate or yeah, I don't know, you know, you make me want to shout and stuff like yeah. that. Maybe. Well, you know how it works at weddings; they always play the early on. They'll they'll satiate the older crowd playing, like you said, the Beatles and Elvis and uh, yeah, the twenty first of September. That's <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it's like burp, 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 burp. I like big butts. Right? It's like, <laughs> let's go See through ya. the ages. <laughs> yeah. so, no, I like that though. That's good. So that's like. That's like make the list and then listen to it 20 years from now and see if you're right. Yeah, see if it still holds up. That, that's, yeah. the, that's the idea of the list. Mark Grody, thank you so much for taking the time. I wish you a very happy holiday. Everyone, check out Let's Put a List Together on Apple Podcasts. Also, listen to his wonderful, you know, check out his Twitter page for all the updates with the Chicago Bears. It's the sideline reporter. Check out his great work on 670 The Score. And Mark Grody, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we can do it again sometime. Anytime, Joey. I had fun, man. Oh, thank you so much. Today's episode of Believe in Betting Chicago is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Head to BetOnline.ag for all the great NFL action this coming up in Week 15. Thank you so much for listening today. My name is Joey Christopoulos. We're coming back with tons of great pods before Christmas, so make sure you check it out. Until then, be well, be safe, and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.